Hello, and welcome to the Lola Community Podcast. Here you'll find conversations, practices, teachings, musings, all sorts of goodies, um, just to deepen your own awareness, knowledge, self-inquiry. These are things that we're really passionate about, about over here in the Lola community. Um, we are really a hybrid community. We offer live events and retreats in the Washington, D.C. area. And then we also have online communities, this podcast, of course, and other supportive resources. If you go to the newly revamped and revised lolacommunity.com, you will find everything you need to learn more about us. But more importantly, we have offered you the resource section. So go to lolacommunity.com and click on resources. There you will find yoga practices. You will find access to our self-compassion challenge. You will find access to my book, Delight, and also Plan to Thrive, the ultimate time and energy management guide. So lots of goodies for you guys to help you deepen your own inner life, to connect to other soul sisters in our community and beyond, and just to really inspire and uplift your everyday life. So we hope you enjoy and please remember to share, share, share. For small communities like ours, the most important thing is authentic sharing and engagement. We love to know the members of our community. So sharing podcast episodes with your friends or loved ones, um, sharing links to our writing or our community retreats, all of that really does matter in terms of strengthening our community and being able to really find the women who want to do this kind of work. So thank you in advance for being such an advocate for your own healing, your own well-being, and your own deep self-care. Hello there. Today I'm sharing a conversation with one of my most favorite humans, Amadea Morningstar. Amadea has been teaching yoga and uh Ayurveda, polarity therapy, nutrition, health, cooking, and working with people in their health and in their life for many years. Amadea is truly one of the wise goddesses, the wise women, the wise elders of our current Ayurveda landscape and teaching. Um, I've had the pleasure of spending time with Amadea in person a few times this spring. And as you'll see and hear here in this conversation, she is a wealth of information. She has loads of wonderful books, her new book on the healing drinks. Um, she also has Ayurveda cooking for Westerners, but lots of great books and resources on her website. So I'm really happy to share her wisdom with you today. Enjoy. Good. Okay, everyone, I'm super excited to have the most beloved Ayurvedic goddess on today, Amadea Morningstar, and even being our presence together with Pleasant and Amadea is hilarious and wonderful, and your magic. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're just reflecting that magic. I mean, you just have that magic inside Pleasance. It's so exciting <laughs> talking together. Um, yeah, we met, we met a bit ago, and, and I was just really... Um, delighted to talk about nourishment and protection and flourishing um, as women in particular uh, throughout the life cycle. So I'm just going to riff on that for a little. Yeah, and, I love it. 
Will you also give us a little of your background around how you got into this wisdom and found your way here? Definitely. Um, So I started out my studies in human biology at Stanford University. And then I got really involved with um, thinking about the ocean as a way to um, help world food issues. And there was a professor at Berkeley that was doing that kind of work. And so I transferred from Stanford to Berkeley and ended up with a, a Bachelor of Sciences in Nutrition. When I, when I left, um, I fell in love and I moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico. And there I was working with a women's health center and people were asking me, oh, you've got a degree in nutrition. You know, like, what about avocados? You know, what about like, you know, how can we heal ourselves? And, and I had, you know, it was, so I am kind of almost immediately in my early 20s started teaching nutrition courses for women. And these were, these were tiny classes at the Women's Center. Um, and then they, that kind of evolved into a private practice, you know, as a nutrition educator. Mm-hmm. Um, I later went back and um, got a master's in counseling because it felt like half of it was seeing what people needed, but the other half was, you know, supporting each other and change, you know. Um, and I was going through a bunch at that time and I needed, you know, my own kind of clarity around yeah. feeling. Um, and then kind of in the, in the natural evolution of things, um, about 36 years ago, I got interested in Ayurveda. I mean, I've been, I was interested in everything, but Ayurveda <laughs> wouldn't let me go. <laughs> it's sort of like, you know, like, well, what about this and what about that? And Ayurveda just kept coming back and kind of snatching me up. Um, and so I wrote the first book um, in the late 80s, the Ayurvedic cookbook with um, Mataji Desai, Ermila Desai. Um, as a result of, I was pregnant at the time and I'd gone to Kripalu to teach and Mataji and, and her husband, uh, Gurudev, were there and at, you know, in the classes and, um, and she invited me to dinner and, and said, would you be interested in doing a cookbook together? And I read a cookbook and I went, wow, you have great food and I, I really want to. So at that time there was no internet and so she would... <laughs> she would like scotch tape you know different kinds of east indian beans onto a piece of paper and i was way in the uh in a remote area that had a a party line i didn't even have a private phone and so we'd be talking over our ideas with with the operator listening (laughs) uh it was it was a a good time and fun yeah and i knew that i couldn't um i knew i wouldn't be able to if I didn't finish the Ayurvedic cookbook by the time my daughter started walking, I would be in trouble. And so I was highly motivated once she was born um, to, to complete the book. So that, and then I wrote other books about Ayurveda and I've been, I've been studying Ayurveda, you know, for the last 36 years and teaching about it. I, I'm also a polarity therapist and a registered yoga teacher because I really I, I feel like embodying ourselves in all ways, you know, all five koshas, you know, the physical, the emotional, the energetic, the mental, and the spiritual are all so important. So, so that's, you know, so I have a private practice in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I teach some, and um, I've got a polarity training coming up in the next year. And you're close to the Ayurvedic Institute. Is Dr. Ladd your, one of your main teachers? He is. Uh, Dr. David Frawley was also oh, yeah. a real support and spiritual friend. Yeah. Um, I, Dr. Alakanandama, who I am looking forward to seeing, mm. is just such an inspiration. Um, and there were a number of other Ayurvedic docs that, that really supported yeah. my education. 
But you weren't, didn't go to New Mexico to stay near Dr. Lott or to go study with him or any, anything? No, no, actually I was, um, I was already there when he came. We were all excited that he was coming and it took him a couple of years to get his visa. And, and I was actually teaching in the same school that he was teaching in. And like each fall we'd go like, Oh, is that doctor from India going to come? And then no, the visa hasn't come through yet. So I got, because I was on the faculty, I was a nutrition uh, faculty at the same school that he first started teaching at. I got to, I was kind of one of the first people to get to hear, you know, his take on Ayurveda, which is, so, and that was 1983. It, it was also, um, I got interested in pulses and, and I uh, said to his manager, who was a friend, you know, I would love to learn more about pulses. And he said, okay, well, why don't you come see Dr. Ladd, you know, and, and so, you know, we plunked down my dollars and, you know, for the 30 minutes he was showing me pulses, you know, so it's, it's been a journey. You know? Did you watch the doctor from India? Did you watch the documentary? Yeah. yeah. Did you just, I just yeah. weeped. I don't even know him. I'm yeah. not even part of this like long-term tradition. Yeah. I'm, I'm a baby in this world. And I, for me, it felt like coming home. I felt like I've known this wisdom. I just wept and was like, this is the most beautiful thing and told everyone they needed to see it. And yeah, it, it was so touching. I was I was lucky enough to be in the audience with Dr. Ladd because it happened. Oh. I saw it several times, and once I saw it in New Mexico, and he was the special guest. Oh. Yeah, yeah, so, so beautiful. Yeah, um, and and people who are listening, if you're new, you may not know that I in, I had a conversation with the filmmaker, and it's like episode thirty because um, I stalked him after I saw the movie. I was like, I need to talk to you about how much I love your movie and what this experience was like. And I liked the one on Krishna Das that he had done yeah. before, One Heart Track. So that was like, oh, I'm a little fangirl. Um, yeah. Okay, I have one other thing I have to ask you. Yes. Mm-mm. Two, before we get into the nourishing. One is the question that I get all the time, which is, is that your birth name? Ah, no, no, no. My birth name was Robin Norin. Um, and, and since I was, you know, in, in my hippie youth, you know, everyone was changing their name and I was the last one who hadn't. Um, yeah. And it was given to me and and I felt like because it was given to me, it was really, um, actually part Amadea came in a dream. Um, Mm. Amadea, I just woke up with the phrase Amadea cure for all things. And I was very interested in herbs and I thought it might be a plant. So I, I raced to the dictionary and I found that it was love. Oh, you know, or in, um, in, in some interpretations, love of the goddess, um, or one teacher once said to me, a Latin teacher said, it's the command form, like you've got to love. Oh, (laughs) I like that. That's like a powerful version. Does your daughter, what's your daughter's name? Isa. Isa. How do you spell that? I-Z-A. I-Z-A, Isa. And is she Morningstar also? Or is she something? She's Bruin Morningstar. My husband's name is Gordon Bruin, and she's Bruin, which means bear. You know, so she's a bear star. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's amazing. Um, my birth name is Pleasant, my, on the birth certificate was Pleasant China Darling. Wow. So people will often say, oh, is Pleasance your spiritual name? You know, and they'll say, yeah, but also it was on the, um, okay. So here's the other thing I forgot to tell you was after I saw you in person, I had a massage either Sunday or Monday with this amazing healer in town who helps me every month realign my own stuff. 
Yeah. And he's this beautiful African man. His name's Vital. And I said, oh, I just spent the weekend. I was so high from being around all those women and outside and cooking together. So delicious. He said, you look so good. What's going on? And I said, oh, I just spent the weekend with this wonderful goddess. I'm a day of morning star. And he turns, he's like, I know who she is. Therapy. I mean, he was like, I've known her. I've read her stuff. I've followed her. He said, I can't believe you met her. I can't believe she was in town. So I forgot to share that with you, that your fame had reached the massage table of DC with Vital. And so I'm sending extra love to him today for this conversation. I'm going to send it to him and make sure. Yeah. He may, I, may I send all direct and, and many blessings, many blessings. Oh, he love He's so yeah. special. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so tell us how to nourish ourselves. This is a, you know, <laughs> 25 yes. <laughs> Give us the five steps. Give us the one pill. I've got, I have five steps. <laughs> I was messing. I've got five steps in terms of menopause. Okay, I had cool. to break it down. The, on, in terms of supporting ourselves, yeah. I feel like um, I want to start kind of at the beginning. Yeah. And, and one of the things I noticed in my practice in life is that um, when we were tiny, we had all sorts of um, behaviors and eating patterns that were introduced to us that weren't necessarily ours. You know, I, we just had to go with the flow. You know, if you think back to being a little kid, you know, you, you've got to go with the program. And I was one of six kids, so I definitely had to go with the program. And what, I'm, what I want to remind us is that most of us listening now are adults, you know, there may be some kids in the audience and I send you love. <laughs> um, but it's, it's a chance now, like sometimes unconsciously we'll assume that we don't have as much um, charge of our own eating patterns or lifestyle as we really do. Um, and so it's like the, part of the good news about growing up is that we do have a chance to take charge and we do have a chance to set boundaries and we do have a chance to do things in a new way. Um, so I just want to kind of put that out is that's part of the excitement, you know, is, is that um, even if we've carried patterns for decades, you know, there's the possibility of shifting. Yeah. yeah. Um, when I look at early childhood, um, there's all sorts of nourishment patterns that are formed that as parents or friends of kids, I just wanted to, there's not all of us are parents, not all of us have families. Some of us are beloved aunts or uncles. Um, and, and yet some of the things that are, are important are just remembering to share the food with love and remembering to thank back you know, nature, you know, and it's like, like when we were together in that weekend, it was like, we would offer the food, like there would be a little plate. I don't, not ever, you know, we didn't make a big deal of it, but before anybody ate, what we would do is make a tiny plate and offer it to nature, you know, so it's like giving back because mother nature has been watching over us our whole lives, you know, and, and so that gratitude and just appreciation feels like a really important part of a deeper kind of nourishment. Um, there's also, we're in a really different time in that culture used to be a container for us. You know, we, we would have, we would be parts of, of pockets of culture within this, this bigger, quote, melting pot. And yet the culture was pretty strong. Now our container is, is a little more fragile in a lot of situations. And what that means for, 
from what I'm seeing in terms of nutrition is we have so many choices available to us and that's the exciting part, you know, and yet at the, on the other end of it, it's like in the past, our choices would have been more limited in limited in ways that our group had worked out for us, you know, like that, that would, that these kinds of foods that were grown around us would work for us. Whereas now it's like, you know, well, have you thought about this? And have you thought about that? And maybe you should feed your kid this, you know? And so there's a lot more choices. And also um, the newness can be distract distracting at times. So there's this whole kind of dance between comfort and tradition and intuition and also opening to the new enough, you know? Um, and for some people, Ayurveda will be very new. You know, for others of us, it'll be like, oh yeah, you know, old home. Yeah. Um, for some people, kitchery, you know, the, the stew of mung beans and rice and veggies and spices is like our mashed potatoes. You know, it's like comfort food. And for somebody else is like, well, I've never tasted that stew. What are you talking about? Yeah. You know, so it's, so it's like opening to the range. Yeah. Um, that said, um, one of the things that I think about with little kids and, and being a young girl, you know, premenstrual, is that we really need to pay attention to minerals and enough calcium. Because um, what I'm seeing in my practice is that um, folks who are devotedly paleo or plant-based, you know, kind of the two ends of the spectrum, both of those particular kinds of diets use very little calcium and use very little dairy. And when kids are little, you know, we're growing, we're building bones, we're building teeth. And so I would really urge people, if you are working with a paleo or a plant-based diet, to really get on, uh, educate yourself around calcium-rich foods, whether that's, um, whether that's, you know, like a goat or a sheep dairy or a um, extra firm tofu or sardines or whatever it is, um, there's a real need for little kids to get more calcium than lots of times they're, it, we notice. Uh, on another end, another mineral is chromium. And chromium is found in whole green, uh, grains. It's also part of turmeric. It's part of black pepper. But chromium really calms our ability to be able to work with sugar. You know, like it strengthens our sugar metabolism. And a lot of kids, those are kind of calcium and chromium are two things I, I lots of times pay attention with kids. Um, so those are some things to think about. Um, as as a, a young girl approaches menstruation, um, there's a whole importance in kind of, again, building a container around her. And I don't know if you're familiar, Pleasance, with the book Circle of Stones. No. Oh, it's such, I think you would love it. Um, it's this wonderful tiny book about like, what would your life have been like if when you've had your first period, all the mothers and grandmothers mm -hmm. gathered around, you know, and created a circle, you know, and just held you, you know, welcomed you into this. So it's, it's just a very small, tasty, tasty book. We, my daughter's 11. She just turned 11. And someone had recommended um, Mother Moon, Daughter Moon, or Mother, something like that, right? And it tells all the stories of women over time from all the traditions and then ways to have the circle together. Yeah. And it's so delicious. And she, at this point, you know, it could change. She's very 
open to all of that. She does her own meditations on this podcast. Like she's very spiritual and in tune. Although when I do say, we're going to have a, you know, a group and talk about our periods, she's like, ah, you know, but then <laughs> later she's like, when is our group starting? You know, so I love this. So I love, I'm definitely going to get this to support that this piece because we're so in it so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's so sweet. It's so mm -hmm. sweet. Yeah. And, and when mm -hmm. kids are older, you know, like when they've already gotten their periods, another, you know, the, the, the novel, the red tent, I don't know if oh. you, yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so practically, you know, the, um, as, as, as our daughters and friends approach menstruation, um, we really want to support embodiment and, and the whole, the okayness, you know, like this, this is a natural process, yeah. you know, and that this is, um, and, and some of the ways that, that we can support that embodiment are time and nature together. Mm -hmm. um, and also time with movement together. Cause I've, I've found that in some cases, and also enough like natural lighting. You know, there's um, Katie Singer uh, wrote a wonderful book called Garden of Fertility. And she's really focusing on how light and hormones and the endocrine system are all intertwined. And, and that natural lighting and less Wi-Fi is really important in terms of, you know, supporting the natural cycles. Um, the other thing, it's a kind of a big shift in eating in that, once we start bleeding, we're really needing more B vitamins and iron and protein. And whether that's, you know, extra hemp seeds in a special plant shake, you know, or molasses as a sweetener, um, or, you know, a little bit of brewer's yeast, you know, on your popcorn or your in special pesto sauce, um, you really, there's an important need to pay more attention to the, the phytonutrient rich foods. Um, and lots of times that, that's a big, it's a big shift. You no, know, it's mm -hmm. a really big shift. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that's kind of uh, some of the things I think about um, as we, as we mature and move into adulthood. Um, I really feel like we need to advocate for ourselves and one another, you know, in terms of women's health, because oftentimes it's not a priority in our culture and, and, um, I honor the half of us who um, are male healthcare practitioners, and yet we need to we need to be able to support our women's health in ways uh, just, whether that has to do with contraception or healthy ovaries. Yeah. Um, I look at since the since kind of the crash in two thousand eight, Starbucks, you know, has has really you know has its stock has just gone way way up. You know, as people just keep we push ourselves with caffeine to keep going. The thing that a lot of um, young women don't realize is that caffeine tends to deplete the health of the ovaries. Mm. And, and so, um, so in terms of looking at our long-term energy, taking it easy on caffeine and finding other sources of pleasure is really important. Um, I, I wrote, um, I think I, you know, um, easy yeah. healing from the wisdom of Ayurveda. Yeah. And there's, there's a variety of, of foods in here that are energizing that you can use instead of coffee. Um, and some of those are really simple. One of them is the essential rasa tea. Um, so you can make simple herbal teas that, that where you, you'll put the herbs in a, you know, a glass mason jar, pour the hot water over. We did it a lot in the weekend. Um, the essential rasa tea in particular is good if, we're, if someone is running dehydrated. 
-hmm. It includes fenugreek, uh, fennel seeds, peppermint, marshmallow, a little bit of fresh ginger, um, some okay. licorice or flax seeds if you know if you need more adrenal boost. Um, and all you do is you just toss all these things in a glass jar, pour hot water over it, let it sit 30 minutes, and then you're ready. You know, and you. So another even simpler thing I, I sometimes suggest to women is um, like the organic India brand Tulsi teas. You can put like a Tulsi peppermint tea bag in your sports water bottle. And the, the Tulsi actually is there to calm cortisol levels. You know, and the peppermint cuts the edge on the heat, you know, as we're heading into hotter weather. So, so these are kind of some simple ways to start supporting ourselves. The bigger picture Maybe I should take a breath. <laughs> Can I ask a quick question it, that I just have thought about and I don't know the answer to? Is Tulsi the same as holy basil? Yes. yes. So Tulsi, sacred basil, um, and there's one other name that's oftentimes used. They're, they're, but the, that they're all, they are identical. Yeah. Yeah. There are three different varieties and, and like Organic India uses all three and they're different blends. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's an easy plant to grow and more and more plant nurseries are starting to offer it you know like amongst the basils you can get you know thai basil and lemon basil and chocolate basil and holy basil you know i saw one of my friends she's a yoga teacher and she uh, owns a farm out right at the end of sort of this long road to the suburbs and so it's super close but it's this big beautiful wonderful farm and she grows holy basil. And I was there last spring, I think it was in the fall. And she said, oh, just grab a bunch of things and take it home. And I just like went to it and she took this great picture. I have it like everywhere and it's all over. And she's like, I think that's, that's holy basil. I said, I think it's Tulsi. And I said, which is like the Ayurvedic and we use this for everything. It's kind of a go-to. I said, and it's so funny that I'm like, it's like overwhelming me and I'm like hugging it. And I was like, I'll take it all. But it's that connection. I was just talking about this in a class this week that I don't actually have like good language for. It's just a feeling of connection and love with the earth and divine and it's not tangible, but the, it's like my whole body vibrates with, it, it's the same feeling I get if I'm cutting up vegetables for dinner for the kids. Yeah, yeah. Or, and, and part of it is the aromas. I mean, like the aromas yeah. just reach your nervous system, you know, yeah. it's like just the way essential oils can be so calming yeah. to the nervous system, just smelling a fresh plant. The other things are that um, exactly as you're intuiting, I mean, Tulsi literally is there to lift the heart. So it strengthens cardiovascular health, but it also lifts our heart emotionally. You know, it's good for calming high blood pressure. It's very good for calming high cortisol. Is it good for calming pitta? Because there's so much pitta that... It, it does, it's, a, it's slightly spicy, so it's a okay. little, it'll bring up... That's why I mentioned the peppermint, you know, yeah. because oh, yeah. so if you put Tulsi and peppermint together, there's Perfect. a cool, in the, in the Easy Healing Drinks book, there's a um, one drink that I think uh, people would enjoy called the Tulsi Queen. Mm. And, and you just simmer up fresh or dried Tulsi along with whatever your favorite green is. In the, in the recipe, it, we used arugula, but I've also used dandelion or peppermint. Um, you can use kale and you literally you simmer up your dark leafy green with the tulsi and then you strain it off you can use the the dark green and you know in a stir fry or whatever and then it's one of the most calming stress 
relieving teas around. Okay. Yeah, and very fresh, very fresh. Yeah. I'll, I'll put it into my system as we approach the heat here exactly. in DC yeah. when I start to get really yes. short with people. Okay, yeah, you just, just remember the pepper, you know, peppermint <laughs> cilantro, you know, with it. Yep. Yeah. So, so kind of the, the bigger, you know, the, the bigger view on this is that um, nature is part of how we reduce, it's like we need that connection to be able to keep our hormones balanced. Mm -hmm. And lots of times that's forgotten, you know, that it's like looking at a picture on the computer is not the same as going out and being with a tree, you know, or, or some Tulsi. Um, and Claudia, Dr. Claudia Welch has, you know, written a wonderful book, Balance Your Hormones, Balance Your Life. And what she's talked about is that the stress hormones sadly can be made from our reproductive hormones. So when we get into a cycle of kind of running on stress, we'll literally steal from our own progesterone or testosterone to be able to make more cortisol and stress hormones. Mm -hmm. And so part of the way to protect our own endocrine balance is through like settling down, slowing down and going, wait a minute, my stress hormones are starting to pick up here. What do I know about myself? that I can shift this. And a lot of the things are very common sense things like spending at least 15, 20 minutes in nature, making sure we have regular meals, you know, making sure that we're hydrated, you know, with especially plant foods. There's a, a cool book called Quench by two women. Yeah. Dr. Dana Cohen. You got, you had it on the weekend and you were talking about it all weekend. So I bought it and my husband devoured it. Yeah, yeah, because because and one of the points, you know, Gina Bria is a an um, anthropologist, and she talks about how the Tarahumara hydrate Indians hydrate themselves well, and what science is starting to realize is that plant foods hydrate us better than just straight water, especially mm -hmm. straight water in a plastic bottle, and so putting a little bit of chia seeds or flax seeds mm -hmm. or hemp seeds or um, in in the Mexican tradition. Um, it would be our frescas, you know, so, so we'll cut up, uh, we'll cut up fresh cucumber and dill or fresh cherry, you know, cherries and nutmeg, and you just soak them in water or coconut water, and you're getting those phytonutrients and you're getting hydrated more effectively. Um, there's a, a really fun uh, smoothie in the easy healing drinks called the almond rose chia shake mm. and so it's it's got chia and fresh rose petals or dried if you can't find those in an almond milk base and uh it's just yummy you know it's like you know like in the middle of the afternoon it's like wait you know if you're kind of your energy is getting a little lean yeah. it's perfect so so i really support um in the in our adult years just becoming more and more skillful with how we work with stress Mm -hmm. um, as we, as we head for, um, as we head for menopause, there's a whole other kind of way of preparing. And some of that preparation has already happened in our earlier years. So it's like if, if, if I could, um, have secret communications with women in their twenties and thirties, the first things I would say is, really pay attention to having generous amounts of calcium-rich foods, more than you think. And a lot of people have moved away from or even organic soy, and yet something like extra firm tofu, if you tolerate it well, 
is a great source of calcium, like there's 800 milligrams of calcium per serving, you know, it's outrageous. Um, or um, dairy, if, if people, especially if, if people don't tolerate cow dairy, they may toler tolerate goat or sheep. You know, we've got some wonderful farms in different parts of the country that have fresh plain yogurt. Um, I'll, I'll mix those into smoothies with veggies. Whereas if I'm gonna use a fruit smoothie, I'm more likely to mix it with a nut milk in terms of the ease of digestion. Um, other kinds of uh, calcium rich foods um, would include things like tahini, you know, like making that. The other thing is playing with your kids or playing with you, you know, your, your, your loved one, your young loved ones, you know, making something like a sunball or a tahini ball where, you know, you're just mixing up calcium rich tahini or sunflower butter, you know, with some um, ground nuts, you know, and, and coconut and a little bit of sweet date or, or whatever. Um, and especially after school, lots of times kids are just like, oh, wait, you know, this is what I need. I need to ground you know, um, so building, having enough calcium, you know, as adults, and then, and then taking it easy on the caffeine, really, really looking at, okay, it's three o'clock in the afternoon, would I be willing to just take a 15 minute break, and put my feet up, you know, do legs up the wall, have a cup of tea, because lots of times, it's like, we need to take a little bit of time just to settle, you know, yeah. and rather than like push ourselves on. Um, and that digest, like the digesting of the day and that when I learned about the times of day that were aligned with the energies and that the Vata time of day comes back, which for lots of us who have children, like kids in school at when they're coming home from school, which exactly. tends to be then go into sort of a, a busy time for a lot of people. And one of the things that I started just experimenting with a few years ago was laying down in the living room and putting my legs up the couch for like 10 minutes before exactly. I went to pick them up Exactly. and, and stopping work at two 30 instead of three, you know, I, I, my old programming was to try to fit as much in as possible. So everything was stacked. And then as I slowly started learning all this stuff and integrating more and blah, 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 that I pulled apart some of my schedule to say, okay, what if I just mentally say, I, and this is part of what you were saying in the beginning about we do have more control than we think. We just kind of have to step into that um, and really acknowledge it and prioritize it. And so saying, okay, I'm going to finish working at 2.30 so that I can put my feet up until 2.45 and then get up and um, do any, any final sort of touches in order to pick them up uh, with that connection to source that I feel so strongly in those Vata times of day and it's made all the difference. So I have been sharing that with a lot of my friends who have kids and over the past few years and they're like, really that even they'll drive in their car and carpool. Cause I can walk, which is such a yeah. blessing, but well, and, and on purpose and we move somewhere we did it on purpose. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but she will drive and she says what she does now is get there early and then she'll sit now that she knows that that's like a spiritual yes. time of day that she'll sit and breathe before the kids get in the car. That's, a, that's two great examples of how to create more healing space, you yeah. know, in life. And, yeah. and that's, and literally lots of times we think of space as the, the space around us, but it's also the space in our calendars, you know, it's the space yeah. of days, you know, and so that's just, a, it's a great example of creating space, which can then relax those stress hormones, mm -hmm. you know, and, and ground to source, you know, it's just like calming the vata, calming the pitta, and just coming back into our core.
Yeah. It's just such a different energy to pick them up because I have so much fire naturally and sort of efficiency and productivity that it's very addictive. So when I'm on that, that way of being, I can just get very tense and tight with efficiency and forget that these things are right in front of me. So having that pause has helped me digest the sort of nine to two life and then you know nine to two thirty, and then I can sort of reset for the rest of my day. Yeah. Um, and I'm not tired. Like I'm not craving yeah. coffee or sugar or anything at that time. Cause there's now this energetic reset that's happening. You know, you, you've given yourself what you need. Yeah. 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 It's, and I think about um, like, I'll be on this food and mood panel, you know, in the coming weekend at the mm-hmm. national Ayurvedic medical yeah. association. And, and a lot of what I'll be talking about is the de- dance, you know, like our mental nature and the dance between our sattvic selves, our rajasic mm-hmm. selves, and our tamasic selves. And with sattva, we're clear and we see things as they are. With rajas at its best, you know, it's creative movement, it's focusing on things, it's getting things done. And then Thomas is holding a certain kind of stability. And so valuing all three of these, it's a, it's a great dance. We can get, Rajas can be very distracting, you know, like desire, attraction, anger, fear, you know, and, and to just pull the plug on that and go, wait, you know, that is, you know, we're going to get things done and let's go back into clarity and love, you know, in this moment. Yeah. Presence. Like that's the word that just continues to come up sort of every moment is like what's happening in this moment and what's the presence. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what I'd like to do now is, is, um, move to approaching menopause. Cause Let's I know do it. Yeah. yeah, I knew yeah. there were people that really wanted to, to yeah, talk about. Yeah. And, and it's, um, so, so you've part of preparing for menopause is nourishing your well, yourself well throughout the life cycle mm-hmm. and also keeping your doshas in balance throughout the life cycle. So that when we do get to menopause, which is, literally the change and so the change is about vata you know even if we're a pitta or a kapha it's we're facing really changing conditions um when i went through menopause when i first started going through perimenopause i was shocked because it was like i realized i was a drug addict you know and i had been addicted to certain hormones and how they ran and how i played them and all of a sudden they were going away and so, again, in terms of already being um, skilled at coming back to source, mm-hmm. um, it's an exciting time to realize how much power and energy we have inside. Um, and also to let go of some old addictive patterns about, you know, how we run our relationships. Mm-hmm. So that was, uh, it was thrilling and hard for me in, in that way, you know, the social emotional stuff. Um, in terms of being able to do that skillfully, there's, there are five keys. <laughs> and those, the, I've got a menopause course that I, um, I teach, you know, um, it's certified through NAMA. Um, and it's, it's a nine hour video of, of a small group of women talking about menopause. Mm-hmm. And, and these, these points are also in that video okay. um, for continuing education. But um, so the first one is calming vata. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll give us some examples when I, you know, coming back, but calming Vata in all the ways we can. The next one is about harmonizing digestion because the whole digestive tract um, is responsible for letting go of these excess hormones that are starting to shift. And in particular, the liver 
is processing big changes with the hormonal changes. So supporting the liver and our whole digestion being able to take in nutrients well. The third factor is maintaining generous amounts of rasa, our plasma, because what can happen when, when our, our serum, our plasma, our rasa dachu gets low, we can be like, um, instead of being a shining lake, we become this hot little puddle. <laughs> so, and, it's, and it's like, when you're, when you're at the puddle stage, it's like every input, you know, the sun comes out and you bake, you know, it's ice is over. But if you have, but if you've protected your rust, if you protected, you know, you're hydrating well um, with the plant foods and such, then you have this sense of generosity, both toward yourself and others. And it's easier to be able to move through the changes of the day without becoming crispy and fried, you know, crispy and burned. Um, and kind of related to that is rasa nourishes ojas. So ojas is our immunity. It's a vital cushion. Um, it's what helps us stay calm in the midst of big changes. Um, People who are serene, as a lot of different things are going on, oftentimes will have generous amounts of ojas. And I'm, I'm moving my hands as if I had a container around me, you know, and, and that's literally, it's like our egg. And we can tell when ojas starts to shrink because things will get us more. You know, it's like the dog barking next door, the phone ringing, the, you know, all the different demands. And there's different ways to work with ojas. Um, one of the traditional ways was to do spiritual practice near running water, which I really love, you know, or just putting yourself in a quiet place near a lake or a stream, um, which just literally is, again, realigning. You know, time in nature is very important. The other thing is noticing how much stimulation is comfortable for you and how, where, when it gets to be too much. Um, some people really appreciate from short recharges in nature. Other people might even take a whole day, you know, off of the internet and just go someplace gorgeous. Um, I'm really lucky. I have a, a tiny little retreat hut in the forest. And so whenever I can on the weekend, I'll go there and just be with the pine trees and the junipers and the cedars. Um, and I feel like if I didn't do that, my ogis would be much smaller, you know, because it's, nature is a big help. Um, devotion, spiritual practice is a big help. Also, um, the protection of, of being kind to others. You know, like, may this, may this interaction help everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, is the kind of generosity that also builds ojas. So those, those are all part of the approaching menopause. I just want to, can I bring one thing up before you finish this menopause piece too, is that I think what's happening, I'll just speak from living in a major city, is that Practices like yoga and meditation and journaling have become very mainstream, but they're still inside and they're very heady. Yeah. And so even though I have a lot of people in my life, and and I think I was definitely in this category for a number of years where I'm going to yoga, you know, five days a week or journaling every day or meditating every day, but doing it in ice in, on solo. Um, was that it wasn't building ojas. It wasn't, it, it was still perpetuating mind chatter. And an and idea like, like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm doing But look, well, I'm doing yoga. So I must be like, check, check, check. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Check. Yeah. Tell me I'm a good person. Cause I go to yoga five days a week. And I'm just really noticing that is that there's a deep 
we've really done a number on like, well, if you do these things, then blank occurs, or then you're this kind of person. And we've lost so much touch with the natural harmony and our own intuition when we continue to have somebody else dictate or even our, the mind or the ego just yeah. spinning stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. of, I think of, you're, you're so right on about that. And I think of two things. I think of um, my friend, Stephanie Rogers, who's a yoga teacher and a polarity therapist in, at, in Fire Island, New York. Mm-hmm. He teaches her yoga classes on the beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's also the one that actually the, um, named the Tulsi queen. Mm. Um, but um and i also think about a client that i respect a lot whose whose life right now is really intense Mm -hmm. and what she came up with as a way to bring herself back into nature is that when she got out of the car when she got home from a busy day she would she walks to the mailbox Mm -hmm. and then she walks to the backyard and she just looks at the sky (laughs) and it's like maybe and now it's actually expanded to so you know she's doing longer walks different places but but that was kind of you it's almost like we have to create you know almost a wedge you know where it's like no i i need to be connected now with nature you know and it's okay if you're not in santa fe or in the grand Canyon or like you live in colorado like i live in washington this is how it is and there's and, and i just look for ways to find the connection to nature rather than trying to wait for a vacation or exactly. yeah. something else. Yeah. It's like, no, it's here right now. Just look up, look up and look for the trees and look for the little moments. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be five hours. It can be five no. minutes. Exactly. And it, could, and it could be that flower right in front of you, that gorgeous totally. weed that's yeah. you know, blooming in the spring. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some beautiful weeds out there right now that are just like amazing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So that was, was Maintain Rasa three or four? So we had... Calming Vata one. Yes. Yep. Digestion two. Yes. Maintaining Rasa three. Yes. Ojas four. Building Ojas four. Yep. And five was supporting hormonal balance. Got it. And there were some great questions that I wanted to address. Yes. From Michelle. Yep. Um, and so, so one of those is okay, so how do you deal with mood swings, increased anxiety, and brain fog? And a lot of, of the, the first, the top part of my answer is exactly what we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Making sure you've got enough nature and space. Mm-hmm. Lots of times um, a hot flash will come as we're pressuring ourselves to try to squish the next thing in. Um, so slowing down, I, I see menopause as almost being like fasting. You know, if we're, if we're doing a fast in a way that feels nourishing to us, we're going to take time, downtime and space and menopause it's like we have to change the rules we've got to be ready to take more downtime and more space um so that we can deal you know it's and and so it's like okay each person each of us is going to be different it's like asking yourself is this enough time and space for me today you know and it can change from day to day it can also have to do with company the nourishment of you know like we're so life is moving so fast that lots of times we don't get to be around our women friends or our loved ones as much as we'd like. So it's like making time to be able to connect with loved ones Mm -hmm. in a way that feels nourishing. Mm -hmm. Um, Hugs, you know, hugs are tridoshic. (laughs) Um, 
And they say 20 seconds is the, is the evidence base. If you do it for 20 seconds, it changes your biology. So good to know. Yeah. One, two. Yeah, right. I heard an interviewer say that might be an awkward, that's a long period of time. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. funny, but. It's good to know. Yeah. Um, going back to regular eating, it's, we're much more likely to feel relaxed if we've gotten three meals, three mm. nourishing meals. Mm. And, and that becomes even more important because if, if we're a pitta or a kapha and we're not used to grounding vata, vata needs those three meals. You know, mm -hmm. kapha can sneak by with two, you know, mm -hmm. pitta sometimes will try to, mm -hmm. uh, but, but the, the grounding is really important. Mm -hmm. There's also products like Mental Clarity from Banyan Botanical. Mm -hmm. um, I love Banyan and Pukka because they're, they're some of the only 2% of the Ayurvedic herb market that's organic which is so important. So Banyan has a whole kind of range of products. There's another herb that you can get easily online through Banyan called Shankapushpi. And <laughs> Shankapushpi, yeah, is S-H-A-N-K-H-A-P-U-S-H-P-I. And uh, Shankapushpi is, strengthens the nerves. Um, you can use like a quarter teaspoon at bedtime in your favorite drink. Um, it's not a sedative and it's not an upper. It simply helps strengthen the nervous system. So it's, and it's one that not a lot of people know yet. Um, on, a, on a more familiar basis, cardamom, you know, like a pinch of cardamom in, in drink, favorite drinks or foods. Cardamom brings down the energy and, and grounds it well through the legs. So it's like it's, it's settling our energies. Um, I'm on a, I always make sure that the people I'm working with as, we're move, as they're moving through menopause have enough magnesium and B vitamins because mm -hmm. that can be really important. Um, and then there's, there's a tea, actually I'm drinking the last of it right here. There's a tea called Simple Comfort and it's just, it's just lemon balm and lemon grass. Mm. The lemon balm nourishes the nervous system. The lemon grass uplifts our mood. And so those all can be very helpful. The other thing I want to say is that brain fog comes with the territory. And as, as a, a post-menopausal woman, I want to let all the menopausal women out there know that the brain fog does end. <laughs> but it's, it's humbling because for a little while there, we are foggier. And the things that will make us foggier are things like white sugar, alcohol, drugs, yeasted foods, you know, breads, all of those things kind of stir up the brain fog. Mm -hmm. Also knowing which foods you digest well um, and harmonizing digestion also means like having enough digestive spices in our food, whether that's mm -hmm. fresh ginger in the food or drink, you know, things like basil, Tulsi basil, oregano in our food um, so that we digest things well and we're not working with something like leaky gut. So all of which can relate to the brain fog. Mm -hmm. um, another question was around night sweats. Yeah. Here I look a lot at hormonal balance and also fresh air. Um, you need to be in a place where you can toss off the covers and open up the windows, you know, and, and if your loved ones aren't up for that, well, find a way that you can. You know? um, ashwagandha is lovely, um, especially if people have more vata or kapha, because it is a little bit warm. Ashwagandha gives us energy during the day and it, and it helps sleep at night. 
-hmm. it can be one of the best things in terms of calming night sweats. Mm -hmm. Shatavari is another one. Um, there's Vidari Kanda, um, that, that's working specifically with Ayurvedic herbs for night sweats, I'd say find a good practitioner, you know, yeah. because you need to be assessed in terms of your constitutional balance. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but some of the, some true friends are ashwagandha shatavari and also vidari kanda but they're going to be specific for different folks yep. Yep. Uh, another question was around heart palpitations and about a, it's surprisingly a quarter of the population has some kind of heart palpitations yeah. first thing we want to make sure of is that we're not pressing ourselves too hard in terms of the nervous system so all of the things that we talked about for mood is going to also affect this also making sure that there's, you know, the four electrolytes are sodium, potassium, magnesium, and calcium. If those are in balance, we're less likely to move into palpitation. Yeah. Um, having a lighter meal at night, if the palpitations tend toward, toward you know, late night, um, lots of times it's, it will be because we've had a heavier meal. So that, so putting the heavier meal at lunch, lighter meal at dinner. Um, there's also some lovely, um, I have one, one drink in the book called Heartfelt Tea and Heartfelt Smoothie. Yeah. Uh, and the herb hawthorn, hawthorn berry, you know, like the hawthorns are just starting to flower now, you know, where I am. And, and, and the berries are going to be coming. You can put sheets under, if you have a hawthorn tree, if you're lucky enough to have a friend with a hawthorn tree, <laughs> you, know, you can put sheets under the trees and the berries fall down. But the hawthorn is especially good, along with Tulsi, for strengthening the heart. Um, there's, there's also, um, again, space, you know, it's like frequently just the way we'll hot flash when we're being, when our space is being squished, um, we can go into heart palpitations when the space is squished. Um, there was another question about migraines. And the first thing I would invite people to do is look at foods because, there's different studies it's gone from anywhere from nine percent to 75 percent of migraines are food sensitivity related and like mm -hmm. sadly chocolate is one of those things you know and and some people have found that okay i can have a little chocolate early in the day but if i have a lot of chocolate after 7 p.m then i'll trigger something the next day mm -hmm. so starting to get more friendly with you know your individual needs Another thing is that omega-3s, if we're low on omega-3s, we're more prone to migraine. If you up your omega-3s, whether in the form of fish oil, chia, flax, or hemp mm -hmm. seeds, you're less likely to, you start, that what I see is that the frequency of the migraines is depleted, mm -hmm. and, and finally they just kind of they get wiped out. Mm -hmm. um, also making sure that your neck is in good shape. Yeah. There's there's a lovely book that's ancient um, called Pain Free by a guy named Peter yeah. Goscu, yeah. and he has all these simple little ways to you know it's like standing on a on a step, dropping your heels as a way yeah. to realign your whole body, let your neck relax, you know, find your resource team, you know, like if you have a good chiropractor that you trust, yeah. you know, because clearly you know just right this minute saying hi to your neck, yeah. you know, and just. And those shoulders, you know, and just appreciating like, wow, you know, there's such a job that happens here. Um, and then back to the liver again, because yeah. if the liver is stagnant, then the migraines are more likely to, yeah. to be triggered. Um, I, Panchkarma um, is the ancient Ayurvedic cleansing technique that can be really helpful before we move into menopause or during it. Yeah. 
um, because it clears out wastes. Mm -hmm. And so it opens the channels and it makes it easier for us to be able to, to flow with the, the shift of energy. Um, and I want to come back to Panchakarma when we talk about drugs, because there was a question about drugs. On, on bone loss, I've mentioned already calcium-rich sources of food. They're going to be really important. Mm -hmm. um, make sure that, you know, with your Western practitioner, you check your vitamin D levels. Mm -hmm. um, well, the, the labs say 20 to, a, to 80, 50 to, an 80, 50 to 80 um, are optimal numerical um, range in terms of good amounts of vitamin D. The the uh, weight-bearing exercise is really important. I love, there's a, there's a book, uh, Yogi, Yoga for Osteoporosis. You don't have to be osteoporotic to build your bone. Um, it's um, Ellen Saltonstall and, and Lauren Fishman. And they're, they're just so cool in that they're talking, hey, no, the, you know, you, this yoga and food are a lot, have better results research-wise for strengthening bone yeah. than some of the noxious meds. Yeah. Um, the there was also a question about vaginal dryness. Some uh, there's certain herbal teas that can be used. There's a um, in the within the um, easy healing drinks. I've got something called the women's yab, uh, women's yum tea. In mm -hmm. Tibetan, yum is the sacred feminine and yab is mm -hmm. the sacred male. And so mm -hmm. there's a drink for each. Um, Premarin cream can be useful. The other thing is there's a product called Meno Moist. Yeah. Hold on, I have a kid here. Okay, go, go. Go, yeah. okay, go ahead, baby. <laughs> okay, we're good. Yeah, we're going to turn into pumpkins in about two seconds. Here. I know, right? We're like, our time is running out. No, time is running out. But I would like to put in a ray for Men Moist in that these yeah. are, this is a cream or a suppository that's just made out of um, coconut butter and vitamin E. So you can make your own. Some, some women will make, um, will make little tiny little suppositories on like parchment paper or wax paper. You, you freeze them, you know, and then, then you use them as suppositories as a, as a moistener. So it's just coconut oil and vitamin E mixed together. Um, and it's very soothing for the tissues and moistens from the inside out. Um, Susan Weed uh, is, has written a wonderful book about uh, the menopausal years and she's far more thorough than anything we could do, you know, in yeah. these moments. I highly recommend her book. Um, What's it called? Do you know? Or look it up. I think it's called The Menopausal Years. Okay. And and the subtitle, I think it's something like 30 to 70 or 30 okay. to 80. <laughs> she's got, she has, it's a small book and yet it's, it deals with all sorts of, she kind of goes, she also scales it from like, okay, here's the, the, the most healthy or least invasive to, like most intrusive kind of methods. So she really covers the, the ground. Oh, that's awesome. And she's an herbalist. Yeah. So she'll look at mild herbs and then she'll look at feistier herbs, you yeah, know, she cool. you know, stages it. Um, 15 in about 85% of us can move through um, menopause naturally and easily. 15% of us can have real struggles with the hormonal balance. And in those cases, we might really need some sort of, you know, hormonal support. Um, if you choose those routes, what I would strongly suggest is considering Panchakarma either before, during, or after, because okay. it's going to it's going to relieve congestion. It's going to make things more effective. 
Um, the one thing to know practically is when you're a menopausal woman, you don't like it hot, <laughs> even if you've never been pit to before, because mm -hmm. so hot, hot steams, hot um, drinks even can, can trigger hot flashes. And so um, it, it makes sense to schedule Panch Karma, which does have steams and warm things as part of its mm -hmm. protocols, you know, in cooler weather or at a time when you're not at the peak of, mm -hmm. of changes. Um, so those are some of the kind of... It's just so intuitive in terms of that wisdom around thinking about the elements and the energies. And I think that we just have, I did not grow up where we really validated that as a way of living and being. And so it's so refreshing and just delicious to hear that and say, yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's what I've been realizing. The other, it's kind of maybe my last takeaway. Yeah. I've been flashing lately that, you know, because I've really been looking at like, okay, what's my carbon footprint? Yeah. You know? And yeah. what I'm seeing is that the same things that reduce carbon footprint build OGIS. Yeah. You know, spending time in nature, so slowing cool. down, walking instead of driving. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's a win-win kind of thing. So to close, and then I'm, well, maybe I'll come back on it in a few months and we can ask more yeah, questions. Yeah. Um, but okay. So someone just listened to all this. She's like, that all sounds wonderful. Now I feel totally overwhelmed because I have so many more things to do. Where, what's like the one or two things where they could start? The, I'd say the one or two things they could start would be to go with your suggestion, which I was also one of my big suggestions of finding 15 minutes in the day where you're willing to take a break. Mm. And whether that's putting your feet on the couch, mm -hmm. you know, sticking your legs up the wall, mm -hmm. but because it's a chance to reset. It's mm -hmm. a chance to check in. Um, the other, the second thing might be playing with one recipe that feels nourishing and delicious mm -hmm. for you. Um, if you go to easyhealingdrinks.com, you know, that, that takes you to the website that has both the print book, but there's also a couple of inexpensive eBooks. And so if you, if you're just wanting to play with one of the kind of recipes we're talking about, just picking out one, you know, that might take five or 10 minutes and then not making yourself do it until it feels like, Oh yeah, I want to play with this now. Not like, wait, I got to hustle and into my day. So those would be two things. Do you get your, do you get your herbs locally or do you get them somewhere online that you love? That's a good question. Whenever I can, I'll grow them. Yeah. And that's ideal. Um, I really appreciate Banyan for the Ayurvedic herbs. I like yeah. Mountain Rose, you know, yeah. as a great source. Um, there's, um, in terms of seeds, um, Nichols Family Nursery in Oregon um, has, has wonderful seeds and some plants and uh, they're organic and affordable and so it's like, okay, if, I, if you want to start growing some of your own plants, that's a, a lovely place to start. There's also on the East Coast, Richter's Nursery in um, north of Toronto okay. has Ayurvedic, Chinese, African, and Western healing herbs. Plant. Oh. So fun. It's, they have, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to look that up. That looks yeah. super, that looks awesome. Yeah. Oh, I just found it. Okay, cool. Um, okay. Yes. Thank you for all your wisdom. Yes, yes, yes. A I'm going to see you in person and give you a hug. Yes. Love you. Thank you for your wisdom. Yes. You're such oh. a gift to the world. Keep Thank writing, you. keep teaching, keep being your awesome morning star self. We're so grateful to have you. Mwah, all, mwah. Love all, you, boo. All back to you. <laughs> see you so soon.
Ja, lass Thank mal. you so much. Ja, ja. Bye. <lacht> Bye.